Good evening and welcome to the Upper Marion Township Board of Supervisors business meeting. It is January 11th, 2024. The time is now 7.05. Please rise and join me for the Pledge of Allegiance. We will begin roll call, beginning with my right. Greg Phillips. Bill Janaway. Tina Garzillo. Carol Kenny. Greg Wax. Tony Hamaday, Township Manager. John Walco, Township Solicitor. Jared Lash, Township Planner. Andrew Pogel, RVE, Township Engineer. Next item on the agenda is Chairman's comments. I have a few comments to make this evening. The first being that we had an exec executive session prior to this meeting to discuss legal matters with the Township. Uh, the next item, I wanted to mention that we, on December 2nd, I mean, I'm sorry, on January 2nd, we had a reorganization of the board and some appointments and uh, some swearing in. So as you can see where I'm sitting, I am appointed again as the chairperson with uh, Bill Janaway being the vice chair. We had uh, two, two swearing in for the uh, supervisors, Carol Kenny and uh, Greg Phillips were sworn in as well as Salvatore Bello for uh, township auditor. Uh, third item is I would like to entertain a motion to uh, have an agenda item modified, item nine on our consent agenda. Is there a motion to uh, make this revision? Madam Chair, I'll make that motion to modify the agenda so that item nine uh, from the consent agenda is moved to item C of the new business agenda. Item nine is a resolution regarding the appointment of Lieutenant Blaine Lease as the emergency management coordinator. Is there a second? I'll second that. Any other discussion on this? All in favor? Aye. Aye. Pa passes five to zero. The next item on the agenda is uh, the list of citizen board vacancies. Most of the vacancies for our citizen boards are student members. And uh, the list is as follows. For the community center advisory board, there is one vacancy. For the community center advisory board for a student member, one vacancy. Economic and Community Development, one vacancy. Economic and Community Development, one student member vacancy. Farmers Market student member, one vacancy. Human Relations Commission, two alternative vacancies. Media Advisory Board, one vacancy. Media Advisory Board student member, one vacancy. Property Maintenance UCC Boards, one vacancy, which serves as an alternate. Public Safety Board student member, one vacancy. Upper Marion Foundation Subcommittee, one vacancy. Upper Marion Historical Commission, two vacancies. Upper Marion Historical Commission student member, one vacancy. Zoning Hearing Board alternate member, one vacancy. We do have uh, one interview coming up this Monday. If anyone's interested in serving on our citizen boards, we try to get you in as quickly as we can to, to um, get an interview with two of the supervisors and would love to see more residents come forward to want to serve on one of our citizen boards. Okay, now we get into the agenda items, which are new business. The first item on uh, the agenda for new business is police promotion. This is for Sergeant Tobias Fisher, promoted to lieutenant, and I welcome uh, Director of Public Safety Chief Nolan to the podium. Good evening. Good evening, members of the board, Mr. Hamaday, and our citizens. Tonight we have an official public safety ceremony to promote police, uh, police lieutenant and swear in four new police officers in the police department, as well as a new firefighter EMT and two new paramedics 
in the fire and EMS department. Uh, these members will be filling current vacancies in those respective departments. In all of public safety, we continue to face challenges in recruitment. Here in Upper Marion, we refuse to lower our standards, so we put maximum effort into recruitment. Through these efforts, we're still able to meet our number one goal, which is finding good people. I believe you'll see tonight that the, the, you'll see that in these members that we hire tonight. But first on the agenda is the promotion of a lieutenant in the police department. Our promotional testing process consists of a challenging assessment center where candidates are run through a series of exercises to see how they will perform in the role of a command officer. Through that process, we establish an eligibility list, and tonight we'll be promoting the next candidate from that eligibility list uh, due to the retirement of uh, Lieutenant Brendan Brazunas, who became chief of Downingtown Borough. So at this time, I'll call Sergeant Toby Fisher forward to be promoted to the rank of lieutenant. Toby was hired as an Upmarine Township police officer in 1999. In May of 2017, he was promoted to the rank of corporal. In May of 2019, Toby was promoted to sergeant and moved into the community policing unit. In January of 2022, Toby transferred to the investigations division as the detective sergeant. Toby has a bachelor's degree in criminal justice from LaSalle University. And now I'll call District Judge Pat Krause forward to administer the oath. Sergeant Fisher, will you please raise your right hand and repeat after me? I, Tobias Fisher. I, Tobias Fisher. Do solemnly swear. Do solemnly swear. That I will support and defend. That I will support and defend. The Constitution of the United States of America. The Constitution of the United States of America. And the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. And the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. Together with the laws and ordinances of Upper Marion Township. Together with the laws and the ordinances of Upper Marion Township. And I will discharge the duties of my position with fidelity. And I will discharge the duties of my position with fidelity. And without consideration. And without consideration. To a person's race, color, sex. To a person's race, color, sex. Religious creed. Religious creed. Sexual orientation. Sexual orientation. Age. Age. National origin. National origin. Ancestry. Ancestry. Handicap or disability. Handicap or disability. Congratulations, Lieutenant Fisher. At this point, uh, a member of Toby's family is going to pin on his badge. So come forward. Yeah, back up.
We also have four new hires in the police department tonight that are replacing current vacancies. Uh, at this time, I'll call Scott Bogley forward. Scott is a 2004 graduate of the Methacton High School. In 2007, he graduated from Montgomery County Community College with an associate's degree in criminal justice. He was previously employed as a dispatcher with Upper Marion Township Police, and he started his employment with Upper Marion Township on January 1st and is on detached assignment at the Montgomery County Police Academy. Next, I'll call Roderick Fancher forward. Rod is a 2006 graduate of the Upper Moreland High School. In 2010, he graduated from Franklin Marshall College with a bachelor's degree in philosophy. Rod has a Juris Doctorate degree from Drexel University School of Law, which he obtained in 2014. He was previously employed as the Assistant Chief of Trials for the Montgomery County District Attorney's Office. I did see that Tom Goldrick and Kelly Lloyd are here from the DA's office. Uh, District Attorney Steele is still not talking to me at the moment for stealing Rod, but I'm sure we can patch that up soon. Um, Rod started his employment with Upper Marine Township Police on January 1st and is on detached assignment at the Montgomery County Police Academy. Next, I'll call Luke, Luke Turner forward. Luke is a 2017 graduate of Conestoga High School. In 2021, he graduated from York College with a bachelor's degree in finance, graduated from Long Island University in 2000, uh, 2023 with a master's degree in data analytics. He was previously employed as a sales associate with Travis Matthew. And Luke started his employment with Upper Marine Township also on January 1st and is on detached assignment at the Montgomery County Police Academy. Finally, Brian Bakovic Garcia. Brian is a 2010 graduate of the Jeb Stewart High School in Falls Church, Virginia. In 2022, he graduated from Penn State University with a bachelor's degree in criminal justice. Brian recently graduated from the Reading Police Academy, and he was previously employed as a police officer with Reading PD. He started his employment with us on January 1st and is currently assigned to field training. And again, I'll call District Judge Pat Krause forward. Please raise your right hand and repeat after me. I do solemnly swear. I do solemnly swear that I will support and defend. That I will support and defend the Constitution of the United States of America. The Constitution of the United States of America and the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania and the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, together with the laws and ordinances of Upper Marion Township. Together with the laws and ordinances of Upper Marion Township. And I will discharge the duties of my position with fidelity. And I will discharge the duties of my position with fidelity. And without consideration. And without consideration. To a person's race, color, sex. To a person's race, color, sex. Religious creed. Religious creed. Sexual orientation. Sexual orientation. Age. Age. National origin. National origin. Ancestry. Ancestry. Handicap or disability. Handicap or disability. Congratulations, officers. This time we'll call their family members forward to pin on their new badges.
And now for the fire and EMS uh, new hires, I'm going to call Chief Jim Johnson forward for that uh, presentation. Thank you, Chief. Good evening, Chairperson Garzillo, members of the board, Mr. Hamaday, and our citizens. Tonight, we will have the formal swearing in of two paramedics and one firefighter. A recent resignation of a firefighter earlier this month has created a vacancy. Fortunately, we have a number of candidates already vetted from the Safer Grant hiring process. This candidate has completed all pre-employment requirements and is eager to start his career. At this time, I would like to call Glenn Montgomery forward. Glenn is a graduate of Lower Marion High School and resides in Gladwin, PA. He graduated from Penn State University with a bachelor's degree in telecommunications. Glenn has been a volunteer and career firefighter in Lower Marion for 19 years. Glenn has numerous certifications, including plans examiner, fire inspector, and fire investigator. Glenn has a passion for community service and is excited to become a member of the Upper Marion Township Fire and EMS team. Glenn is joined by his father, Rob, and his mom, Betsy, who will be pinning his badge. I'll call Judge Krause to the center to please swear in his oath. Glenn, will you please raise your right hand and repeat after me? I do solemnly swear. I do solemnly swear. That I will support and defend. That I will support and defend. The Constitution of the United States of America. The Constitution of the United States of America. And the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. And the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. Together with the laws and ordinances of Upper Marion Township. Together with the laws and ordinances of Upper Marion Township. And I will discharge the duties as a firefighter EMT. And I will discharge the duties of a firefighter EMT. Of Upper Marion Township with fidelity. Of Upper Marion Township with fidelity. Without consideration. Without consideration. To a person's race, color, sex. Without, uh, to a person's race, color, or sex. Religious creed. Religious creed. Sexual orientation. Sexual orientation. Age. Age. National origin. National origin. Ancestry. Ancestry. Handicap or disability. Handicap or disability. Congratulations, firefighter. Thank you. After careful review of numerous paramedic resumes, we have found an ideal candidate to serve as the paramedic for our B-Shift Power Truck Ambulance. This candidate has completed all pre-employment requirements and similar to our firefighter candidate is eager to get started. At this time, I would like to call Lisa Dolan forward. Lisa is a graduate of Westchester East High School. She attended Johnson County, North Carolina's nursing program. Lisa attended Einstein Paramedic Program at Germantown Hospital in 2006-2007. Lisa worked for many years as a paramedic at Delaware County Memorial Hospital and Haverford Township Paramedics Department. Lisa resides in Havertown, Delaware County with her husband, Gene, and her two children, Alex and Joan. 
Again, I'd like to uh, ask uh, Judge Krause to come to the center to administer the oath. Thank you. I do, I do solemnly swear. I do solemnly swear that I will support and defend. That I will support and defend the Constitution of the United States of America. The Constitution of the United States of America and the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. And the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. Together with the laws and ordinances of Upper Marion Township. Together with the laws and ordinances of Upper Marion Township. And I will discharge my duties as paramedic. And I will discharge my duties as paramedic of Upper Marion Township with fidelity of Upper Marion Township with fidelity. And without consideration. And without consideration. To a person's race, color, sex. To a person's race, color, sex. Religious creed. Religious creed. Sexual orientation. Sexual orientation. Age. Age. National origin. National origin. Ancestry. Ancestry. Handicap or disability. Handicap or disability. Congratulations, Paramount. Thank you very much. Thank you. Joining Lisa in the center will be her husband and children for the pinning of her badge. Public safety is no stranger to Lisa's household. Her husband, Gene, has served 20 plus years as a Havertown Police Department officer. Our next person to be sworn in has served a short time with Upper Marion Township Fire and EMS as the pow a power truck ambulance paramedic. Tonight is his first opportunity we have had to conduct his swearing in. At this time, I would like to call David Bushy forward. <laughs> David lives in Havertown, Delaware County. He graduated from Garnet Valley High School. David earned his bachelor's degree in public safety administration from Newman University. He received his paramedic certification in Montgomery County. Important to note, David has already made an impact as an employee of Upper Marion Township Fire and EMS. I recently received a complimentary email from Einstein Medical Center. David, as a lead paramedic on our power truck, responded to a medical emergency in a vehicle on the Pennsylvania Turnpike. After a quick assessment, he determined the patient was having a significant heart event. His quick actions, treatment plan, and rapid response to the hospital, getting this patient to the cath lab in record time saved this person's life. Thank you, Dave. At this time, if Judge Krause could return to the center to administer the oath. Please raise your right hand. 
I do solemnly swear. I do solemnly swear that I will support and defend. That I will support and defend the Constitution of the United States of America. The Constitution of the United States of America. And the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. And the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. Together with the laws and ordinances of Upper Marion Township. Together with the laws and ordinances of Upper Marion Township. And I will discharge my duties as a paramedic. And I will discharge my duties as a paramedic of Upper Marion Township with fidelity. Of Upper Marion Township with fidelity. Without consideration, without consideration, to a person's race, color, sex, to a person's race, color, sex, religious creed, religious creed, sexual orientation, sexual orientation, age, age, national origin, national origin, ancestry, ancestry, handicap or disability, handicap or disability. Congratulations, paramedic. Joining David in the center for the pinning of his badge will be his girlfriend, Lisa, and his son, Alex. And I would like to thank the board, finally thank the board for all your support and public safety. Thank you. For our next item on the agenda, I would like to turn the floor to Vice Chair Genoway. Thank you, Madam Chair. Uh, at this time, I would like to move for adoption of Resolution 2024-3, which is the appointment of Lieutenant Blaine Lease as the Township's Emergency Management Coordinator. This resolution also includes a letter to the State of Pennsylvania, Pima, which authorizes him to act on Upper Marion Township's behalf on emergency management issues. I'll second. Oh, I need you to do, oh, you go, oh. No, you can ask for the vote. Uh, all in favor? Aye. Aye. Passes five to zero. <laughs> And I would, before we release the group, I would like to just make a comment that we've been in the public safety approach to uh, managing items in Upper Marion now for about five years. And one of the most telling aspects that I have seen with differences has been that of emergency management. We've made great strides, and I'm confident that Blaine will continue those great strides that we've already made. So thanks to all the public safety professionals that we have in the room, and uh, good luck out there. And, and Chief, you can release the, uh, the men and women. <laughs> it's always wonderful to see so many, so many of the, our public safety team coming to support their, um, their fellow public safety members. We'll give everyone a moment to clear out of the room before we continue on the agenda.
We're ready to carry on now with our meeting. Uh, the next item on, on the agenda is our consent agenda. Item C, number one, authorization to authorize conditional use hearing for Netflix. Uh, they presented at our, our workshop this past Thursday. Number two, land development plan extension, Abonizio Real Estate Partnership 316 West Church Road. Number three, authorization for the township manager to sign real, real estate tax settlement stipulations. Uh, there are five of them. Uh, first one, Macy's Retail Holding, Inc., 680 West Decal Pike, for the tax years 2022 to 2023, resulting in an overpayment of real estate taxes in the amount of $10,638.81. Next one is Bloomingdale's King of Prussia, 660 West Decal Pike, for the tax years 2022 to 2023, resulting in an overpayment of real estate taxes in the amount of $21,849.51. Next one, C, Pennsylvania Turnpike Commission, 371 West DeKalb Pike for the tax year 2023, resulting in an overpayment of real estate taxes in the amount of $1,953.99. Item D, PFI VPN Portfolio Fee Owner, 555 Croton Road for the tax year 2023, resulting in an overpayment of real estate taxes in the amount of $4,689.09. Item E, Park Ridge Hotel Development, 480 North Gulf Road, for the tax years 2021 and 2023, resulting in an overpayment of real estate taxes in the amount of $61,522.15. The next item on the consent agenda, number four, 2024 Road Program, approval of a professional services agreement, PSA, for survey, engineering, and construction inspection services with Aero Consulting of Birdsboro, Pennsylvania, in the amount of $41,093, as recommended by the Director of Public Works. Item five, financial escrow security release number six, the final, to Gentera on Columbus Street, approval of escrow, escrow release number six in the amount of $32,771.25 for the completion of required site improvements to date as part of the land development project as recommended by the township engineer. Number six, First Avenue Linear Park, phase three, approval of change order one, authorizing Hobbs and Company of Boothwin, Pennsylvania, to perform additional electrical services in the amount of $12,985 as recommended by the Director of Public Works. Number seven, Trout Run WPCC Sludge Mixer and Conveyor, approval of payment application one in the amount of $12,843.90 to PSI Pumping Solutions, Inc. of York Springs, Pennsylvania for the contract work completed to date as recommended by the Director of Public Works. Number eight, resolution 20. 2024-2 to 2024 fee schedule. Number um, item nine, we had moved um, up ahead in the agenda. So uh, the new number nine is resignation of Amritar Singh from the Property Maintenance Appeals Board and the UCC Boards of Appeals. Do I have a motion to accept the, um, the consent agenda? So moved. Is there a second? I'll second. 
Motion made by uh, Supervisor Phillips, seconded by Supervisor, made by the other Greg. Oh, did it come from that side? Oh, I'm sorry, I apologize. I heard it from this side. Let's give credit where credit is due. Motion made by Supervisor Wax, seconded by Supervisor Kenny. For the record, we'll get it straight. All in favor? If I, if I can just hold off for a second, I do have one question I do want to ask. Absolutely. Uh, just for clarification, the conditional use hearing uh, for Netflix would be at the February business meeting, I assume? March, okay. I apologize. We'll recall they have to go to the planning commission first. So, yeah. Okay, thank you. They'll be in front of us again in March then. Thank you for the question. The next item on our agenda is item D, preliminary land development plan. Did we finish the vote? We did not? I apologize. All in favor? Aye. Aye. Passes five to zero. <laughs> I was going to have a double on that one. <laughs> All right, item D, preliminary land development plan, Discovery Labs, 411 Sweetland Road, consideration of a preliminary land development plan for Discovery Labs, 411 Sweetland Road, prepared by Taylor Wiseman and Taylor, dated February 16, 2022, last revised May 5, 2023, as revised for the development of 141.87 Area acre track from with 10 with 10 um, I apologize with 10 new industrial buildings and six parking garages completed in six phases for an approximate total of 1 million square feet of new building space and associated site improvements including waivers as outlined in said resolution uh, the the um, the zoning district is LI and R1 and I believe I see represent oh I'm sorry I was looking for you in the audience um, please introduce yourself, and um, I'll turn the floor over to you, and you can proceed with um, discussion on this one. Thank you. Uh, my name is Evie Campbell. I represent the applicant, the owner of the property, um, and we were here last week before you for the purpose of a workshop, and we appreciate the opportunity to be here again tonight. Um, what's on the board is, uh, as Mr. Phelps pointed out, something he wished he had seen um, last week which is a, uh, a plan which identifies each of the phases um, in a different colored schematic, right? I mean, if you recall, we had schematics uh, last week, but because of the overlap of the different phases in some respects, we didn't have one final picture. So what you're looking at is a picture that would show uh, what the final development would be after all six phases were constructed. Um, and you heard from uh, my client, Mr. O'Neill, last week that each phase is anticipated to be approximately a two-year process. So if all six phases were built as proposed, we'd be looking at a final build-out in about 10 to 12 years. Each phase is approximately 200 to 250,000 square feet of additional building um, and re related parking for each one of those phases. Um, as you heard last week, and I would reiterate, we think that the parking requirement is in excess of what will be required. So the plan shows a fair amount of parking to be held in reserve. It will be built if it's necessary. We just don't think it's worth building parking for all sorts of reasons if it's not going to be needed. Um, the first phase that would be built is the phase in the upper right-hand corner, which is the light blue. And that includes two buildings and surface parking. The next phase that we built would be built is um, 
Phase two is uh, in pink. Actually, I think that's incorrect. I'm, I'm looking at the, at the uh, maybe I'm colorblind. The next phase is the uh, light brown. Uh, that's correct, uh, which would be two more buildings and associated parking. The third phase is the green phase. The fourth phase is the purple phase. Um, the fifth phase is the yellow, which is uh, sort of up in the upper right. And then the sixth phase would be the pink that's down on the bottom. To reiterate uh, some other things that we talked about, my client is willing to accept as a condition that the white strip of land on the left, um, which is now heavily wooded and acts as a very substantial um, buffer between the residents on Jones Road and the site would remain undeveloped. Uh, that stretch is approximately 350 feet deep, um, and your ordinance requires us to set all the rest of our buildings off approximately 100 feet, I'm sorry, 150 feet in addition uh, from that residential zone district. So there's nothing on that side that'll be closer than 500 feet from a, uh, a residential building. Uh, there's a solid 500 foot buffer there. Um, I know that you saw this last week. I don't want to belabor it. I'd be happy to answer questions and, and, and respond to comments. I'll open the floor right, right now to uh, my fellow supervisors, if there's any other. Well, I just want one comment. Mr. Campbell, thank you very much for actually providing this plan. It's much more illustrative than I agree. Engineering look. Right. The, the, the other plan set that we showed was, was each individual phase separately. But you're right. This is a much more cohesive or comprehensive plan to understand what the end result will be. Mr. Campbell, I have one, one question. Um, I know I asked this last week, but for the benefit of people who are watching this this mm -hmm. evening, um, that was a workshop. This is a sure. formal uh, supervisor meeting. Uh, what is, could you tell us what the percentage of pervious versus impervious is with the total, the final build out? Yeah, at the total final build out, the, the percentage of impervious coverage will be approximately 21%. Um, it's 140 plus acres substantial area of land will never be touched. So we've talked about the area to the left. And as you're aware, there are um, former quarrying activities there and former landfills there that will never be touched. So in terms of achieving an efficiency, I would submit to you that a, a project that comes in and it's gonna be 20 to 21 or 22% impervious coverage is, is not much impervious coverage given what we're building. Do, do those figures include the coverage of the parking that you've set aside? Yes. So that would be the At ultimate the, the maximum, worst case? Yes. Okay. If everything was built, including the reserve parking, it would be 21%. Okay. So it could be actually be a lower percentage of impervious. Correct. If you do not do all of the parking that's listed as possible parking set aside. That's correct. Okay, thank you. 
Uh, Mr. Campbell, I know that a lot of people who are here tonight or who may be watching at home didn't have the ability or, or privilege of attending the workshop meeting. So uh, like Supervisor Kenny, if you could just take a second to answer uh, the question that I asked at the workshop meeting, which was to explain a little bit of the phase build out, like the timing of what that will be. Um, sure. Because I think there might be an impression that all this is happening, you know, day one tomorrow. So if you could. Well, in, um I'm happy to provide some context to that. But first of all, it's an exciting project, right? When GSK stepped out of this property and my client took it over and repurposed this facility, which is a really uh, first-in-class, extraordinary life science center, there have been a lot of uh, high-tech life science research um, entities that are, have moved back into this space. Uh, you have University of Pennsylvania, you have Wuji Biologics, you have Spark Therapeutics, you have Center for Breakthrough Medicines, you have others. And probably on a, uh, almost every week, not every week, close to that, there are uh, very significant, noteworthy life science players who are coming to the site and looking at it. And so as that demand, um, as that interest becomes demand and we have more users, we will be building those buildings in phases. So we're, we're not gonna build until we know we have a specific identified user to come in and add to this life science research campus. The construction for any one of these phases takes about two years. Every time we have to come back to build a phase, we will need to ask you for final approval for that phase. As you know, that process itself takes time. So at a minimum, we don't think that any single phase will be shorter than a two-year period from start to finish. So uh, if we were able to get into the ground, let's say on phase one in 2024, that phase would end and would become, begin to be occupied sometime in around 2026. Sometime around that time, we would begin the process to asking you for final approval for phase two. So every two to two and a half years, if, the, if it proceeds the way we anticipate it, we'll be back in front of you asking for approval while the last phase gets finished and approved. So it's a two year, the two and a half year cycle per phase, six phases. So uh, it'll be a significant period of time before it's fully built out. Just so there's better understanding of that for the public that may be listening. So the, um, the phasing will go that you'll get preliminary approval initially, come back for the final when the project is completely at what point? So what we would expect is that as every phase is ready, we would come back in and we'd probably, my expectation is, like, we believe that these buildings are very close to what we'll build. But if a particular life science user comes in, a particular laboratory um, entity comes in, they may want to tweak the footprints of one of those buildings, right? So we will come back in and ask for an amended preliminary and then final for each phase. And so every time we come in, we're gonna have an opportunity to come before the board, to have your planning commission review the, prop, the, uh, the proposal, likely to have updated traffic studies, likely to have your engineers evaluate uh, our stormwater management as the stormwater management regulations evolve over the next 10 or 12 years. So we're asking you for approval, obviously, but the recognition is with a project of this site, it's gonna be organic, um, it's gonna evolve, and as stormwater regulations change, the project will adapt to match that. And every time we come in, we've got to revisit the issues of traffic. So I think those are two primary concerns that I hear that the board has and the community has. And when you, whenever it is that you wind up saying yes, 
it's going to be a series of yeses, and every one of those yeses is going to follow an evaluation of all of those things to make sure that it complies with your ordinance. Yeah, that's what I wanted to make sure was clarified just for that understanding. Mm -hmm. And it could, it could change drastically from what is the initial concept now for all six phases. So step by step, you, go, you toggle through preliminary of each phase and get the final and then move on to the next one. And then you do them cumulatively based on the entire, yeah. the, the entire site. Those changes are possible. I, but, uh, Madam likely. Chair, just, just to clarify though, any conditions that, that would be imposed or any uh, approvals provided uh, by this board for this preliminary plan would not be able to be changed unless this board wanted it to be changed. So Mr. Campbell is here saying that he's going to preserve that area of time. That's going to stay that way uh, pursuant to the, a preliminary approval. And if he comes in with a final or an amended preliminary, that does not give him a second opportunity to, to take that back. That would stay with any approvals that be given on this preliminary plan. Correct. Unless you would come back and do an amendment to a preliminary, unless the board, and that would be unless the board right. saw it in its benefit and the public's benefit to to amend it uh, and to provide them an additional change. Um, there are five provisions from the Saldo from the Subdivision Land Development Ordinance that we have asked for waivers during the workshop. Mr. Genoway or Mr. Phillips properly uh, recognized that one of them should be a deferral rather than a waiver. Can we take a moment and, and review those waivers with you? So. Uh, the first one is a, uh, not a waiver, but a deferral that I just referenced from section 145.27A24. That section of your saldo requires uh, sediment and erosion control systems to be in place and designed for each one of the phases. That's the stormwater management during construction, how stormwater is managed during construction so that there's no soil erosion or sediment leaving the site. Given the fact that we're coming in for phases and every phase might be slightly different, what we've asked is to defer designing that from an engineering standpoint until each phase comes in for final approval. We think that's a, a reasonable and, and a narrow ask. The second waiver is from 145.24.1E2, which requires street trees to be located. And we're asking for a partial waiver from that to the extent that we are not able to put street trees underneath the area uh, where there are high tension wires um, because of a PICO line. Right? That area is subject to that easement and our ability to plant the street trees, that street trees there is limited. Um, 141.6 requires an establishment of sidewalk um, and we're proposing sidewalks along Sweetland Road, on our side of Sweetland Road. Um, so the request for a waiver was a partial request for a waiver um, to not put parking, uh, not to put sidewalks on Jones Road that was discussed at the Planning Commission to some extent, and uh, we left the Planning Commission from the, with the sentiment that that was something that the Planning Commission recommended they didn't want. We're okay asking for that waiver, um, but as you know from the workshop, there was one resident who came in with a contrary view. We defer to you. We understand why the Planning Commission recommended no sidewalks on that, on Jones Road. Um, we're asking for it based on their recommendation. If the board had a significant, strong opinion to the contrary, we would withdraw the request for a waiver. Mr. Campbell, did, if I remember right, did we not have agreement from the Gulf Mill Civic Association that the waiver was acceptable to them as a whole, as a group? Uh, I don't know that we did. Uh, 
Actually, I think the individual who was talking about sidewalks was the, actually um, the head of the Gulf Mills Civic Association yes. speaking on their behalf. On their behalf, I yes. Believe. And there were other members from the association who spoke. <laughs> well, there was, a, yeah, there was one individual in, yes. in opposition, but I got the impression that the representative from the association, the official representative or the spokesperson for the representative, said that they were okay with it. Honestly, Mr. Genway, that's not my recollection. I thought she she wanted the sidewalks. Yes, that's. I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I, I had a slightly different takeaway. Actually, I thought she wanted sidewalks. The other individual uh, did not want sidewalks, and I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure that. Um, I don't know for a fact that she still necessarily wants sidewalks. I don't know if, if there may have been communication post. My, my point for bringing it up was I don't know that there was clarity. Yeah, well, can I suggest this? Can we, can, instead, of instead of characterizing that as a waiver, can we characterize it as a deferment? And defer it, um, and as phases come in, if the, if the board's pleasure is to install the sidewalks, we can do it at that time. I, I believe that was accurate, that it, at, the, at the workshop, there was a difference of opinion with what the um, association was asking, that we thought there were no sidewalks, and that was the recommendation. And then that was sort of a surprise that came that night. Um, right. So I'm comfortable with a deferment on that one until we, in, uh, if, can we do yes, that? Yes, if it was put down as a deferral, uh, we'd say it was deferred <coughs> until uh, later requested by the Board of Supervisors at, at an uh, additional phase. Um, it, it would right. be fine, if, particularly if it was agreed upon. Um, it would be up to, to you to make that call at that time if you wanted to do that. Is it necessary for us to determine which phase that we would expect that um, with the build-out? It, it, it would have to be, if you, if you wanted to make that determination, I don't think it's necessary unless the applicant so desired. But, but sometimes it could even go after a plan approval within a certain amount of time, so after phase six. But it shouldn't be indefinite, of course, but it should be enough that they would still have the interest in the property to, to provide that um, sidewalk at the time that you so desire. Um, the, the next item for a waiver is curbing on Jones Road. We were required to, to curb, which we're going to do on Sweetland Road. It's a similar concept. The character of that road um, may not you know, consistent with curbing, which is why I think they didn't want curbs or sidewalks on that road. We could also characterize that as a deferral. If they want us to put curbs and sidewalks in, if the township wants us to put sidewalks and curbs in as we come in for phases, we can, we can deal with it then. Maybe for that one we need to evaluate stormwater management along that road and maybe even those rolled curbs, maybe not traditional curbing, but something to, um, to uh, control the water flow if there's an issue. Um, maybe that can be evaluated. I'm not. I'm not sure without knowing. I'm just suggesting about. that if there's not clarity in the in the immediate community about sidewalks and curbing on Jones Road, that we list it as a deferral, and as we come in for phases, we re-examine it. I mean, I guess from my standpoint, I don't understand why we wouldn't do curbing. We're doing it everywhere. It's not. The Jones Road has the character of what I would call it tar and chip road, I mean, because it's that kind of rural thing, but it doesn't have to be. Um, and you're only talking about curbing on one side of the road, so I think you're right on with regard to stormwater management and how that curbing would affect um, stormwater management along Jones Road in general. But I will say that 
I believe their their property is actually at a higher elevation than everything else on the other side. So it is. Yes. It is. To the curb and down the hill, as opposed to allow it to absorb naturally into the. We'd be creating more per more impervious. Yes. Yeah. If we if we require a sidewalk. And was there not mention last week about a trail that exists along Jones Road? Apparently, in the past, there Walking was a tra trail. There was a trail <laughs> in the. What, What's shown on the plan is a white strip. There were trails that were in there that the GSK employees had access to. I think they have fallen into disrepair, disrepair. disuse. Okay. Um, I'm not aware of them. I know they're not being maintained at the moment. I believe the representative from the association had said that the community members there would be interested in maintaining that in the future. So I think it is grown over at this point. And right. We'd be happy to maintain. talk to them about it. I, there are certain security concerns about the site, which is why they only let GSK employees use it in the past. But, okay. uh, Mr. Campbell, I have one other question. Uh, going back to um, talking about the street trees and a waiver for that, what yeah. are the number of street trees that are required, and what is the waiver for, for how many? And since you have 140 140 acres, mm -hmm. and that means 28, you said about 21% is impervious build, buildings and parking lots. That leaves 112 acres of pervious. Why do you need a waiver for street trees if you have 112 acres of land where potentially trees could be planted? So the waiver is a request to, a, the requirement is to put them along the street and there's a section on Sweetland Road where there are higher tension wires that are operated by Pico. Okay. So we can't put those trees there. Okay. Uh, as Mr. Uh, Genoway asked at the workshop, would the applicant be willing to consider either a fee and lua for those trees or work with the township to plant them somewhere else? How many trees Absolutely. are we talking? I'm going to defer to uh, our engineer. I knew, but I don't recall. Okay. And is there not space elsewhere on the property where they could be planted? Sure. Uh, yes, my name's Mark Thompson. I'm with uh, Taylor Wiseman Taylor. We're the civil engineers for the project. Um, I don't have the exact number, but I think it's going to be around 800 lineal feet of frontage of Sweetland Road. Um, street trees are required every 40 feet. So that would be 20 street trees that I guess we're asking for either a waiver from or a deferral or to plant them elsewhere. Yeah, we'd be happy to work with the township's planner. If there are other locations on the site where they would be appropriate, we could plant them elsewhere on the site. That's, that's what I was looking for, yeah, to get an idea of you're talking 20 trees or 200, and why not put them on a different location on the site? It, it, I, I understand totally about the, so if the, waiver the is overhead to, wires, but... If the waiver is to locate those trees elsewhere, then I'll, I modify the request so okay. that the waiver is to plant the trees elsewhere on site. Okay, thank you. Well, the, the, the waiver is still necessary right. from yes. the code provision, but I, I think it would say the waiver the condition uh, either planted on site as recommended in locations recommended by the township planner or in the alternative of payment of the fee and lieu yeah. to be determined at that time. Fine. It's not a significant amount of trees. 20 trees is right. 
is minimal compared to a lot of the development plans that we've seen. Right. Mr. Campbell, with regard to the, the sidewalk issue, given the fact that the Gulf Mill Civic Association used to enjoy a certain amount of use of the trails that were there that GSK had put in, I don't know whether they were paved or were, you know, wood chips or whatever they were, would it be, you know, something that you would consider to put in sort of like a linear park type of trail as opposed to just necessarily putting a sidewalk at Jones Road? Uh, and it just goes from, you know, one part of Jones Road up until up to the uh, intersection. I, I think that my client would be willing um, to, to work with the local community group and the township to identify the trails that were there and to the extent they can be restored. And I think they accomplish what you're talking about, which would be the ability to move essentially parallel to Jones Road from one side to the other. Um, we'd be willing to work and accept that, sure, as a condition. There's one other waiver, and that's your saldo limits the ability of a property owner to disturb earth within five feet of a property boundary. As you can see, part of the campus, not part of the 141 acres, but part of the campus includes property in West Conshohocken. And so to the extent that some of our improvements are at or overlap uh, that boundary, it's actually a separate property. Um, separate parcel, so we would need a waiver to disturb land within five feet of the property line. So those are the waivers slash deferrals. That one, given the number, and, and I'm not, I looked at the map as to where all the wells were. Mm -hmm. Would any of that grading be close to any of those wells, and would that subject those to any potential impact? Sure. And how would that be handled? So when we speak of wells, there's two well systems on the site. Uh, Montgomery County is responsible for all groundwater leachate that leaves the former landfills that are former quarries. And there are two, and there's probably two dozen of those wells. They draw quarterly samples and they send it to DEP and to us. Uh, there's been no issues with the, those testing results. In phase five and in phase six, there are uh, wells which probably need to be moved if the fifth and sixth phase are exactly as depicted on here. Um, we've talked to the county informally about that. There's no technical or environmental reason why they can't be relocated. So if in phase five or phase six, we needed to move the location of one of those wells, we would coordinate with DEP and the county and the township to make sure that, that those wells are continue to be, to serve the purpose that they serve. Um, the second type of wells on site are in relation to methane. So the quarries were operated as landfills. Those landfills collected trash and that trash decomposes and, and breaks down and turns into methane. And along the, the loop road that comes in to the side of the property, there are at least 50, I was going through my notes, there may be as many as 70 wells. They're much different wells. They're much more shallow. Um, and what they do is they, they sample and they monitor for methane that moves through the soil. And so none of those wells at all will be touched or disturbed uh, for the construction, with the exception of three in phase four. The parking garage uh, to the west is in very close proximity to three of those 50 to 70 wells. And so we're confident that we'll either build and put precautions so those wells aren't damaged while we 
construct that, or if they have to be slightly moved and relocated, we would accomplish that. But overwhelmingly, what's proposed respects the location of those wells and will not interfere with them. So DEP would have oversight of monitoring what's being done with that and how it's being handled, or is that, I'm trying to figure out whose responsibility is to make sure that it gets done and yep. gets done properly. So the first set um, is clearly a DEP county responsibility. There's a consent decree in place. There's all sorts of regulations in place. The, the groundwater leachate that is a DEP county um, protocol uh, and they're involved in that. The methane barrier is not. The methane barrier was installed by GSK for the safety and, and monitoring for those sites. We, um, pro do, do we provide the, the township? Yeah, we provide the township with those quarterly reports of, of, the, uh, of the methane test system. We would continue to do that. Um, we maintain it. Um, it's not like, it's not a DEP requirement. So DEP isn't there. It is a requirement of, of the best operation of the site. We're happy to, to be transparent uh, with the township, continue to provide the test results to the township. There's so little methane that's, re that's detected in those wells. There was a time when um, there was an effort to capture methane. There was another company that was involved. They were actually trying to suck the methane out for sale and it failed for a variety of reasons, one of which is wasn't enough methane coming out. Historically, a long time ago, there was a methane explosion, but that's probably 40 years ago. Um, and if you look at the well results that are reported quarterly, there might be one or two wells that detect methane, but overwhelmingly there's, there's no methane problem anymore. So the reason for my question is, given that this is in phase six, which could be 12 to 15 years out, yeah. your client may have found someone that's interested in this lucrative parcel and sells it to them. And I just want to make sure that it's memorialized somewhere that the wells and the monitoring of the wells and the safety with, of those wells is captured and somebody's responsible for it. So can that be built into the... So I, I think the, the groundwater wells are built in by virtue of the fact that it's a, there's a DEP consent order in place which controls that. And we, I think we're transparent with the township about anything relating to that. Um, and with regard to the methane bearers, I think it's appropriate that as we come in with phases, if there's going to be any impact to them that we point that out to you and coordinate as to how that gets managed. I just want to get memorialized in the event that the property transfers hands. That's fine. And to I mean, make we, sure we, that the new people understand. Right, so we could provide an additional condition. Again, there is always a condition to comply with all DEP requirements mm -hmm. uh, in general, but we could specifically uh, mention continuing to comply with the groundwater well uh, testing requirements of DEP, and then also to continue to provide the township with the methane testing results and to continue to, to take those uh, My only we're willing to accept that condition. I would just also say that there was a point maybe four or five years ago before my client was involved with GSK actually asked the township, can we shut the methane barrier system down, right? And the township wasn't, in, wasn't inclined to do that. Um, but I think there can be a time when we consistently show that there's no methane in the wells that we might need to revisit the necessity for those wells, but. And we can accommodate yeah. language to provide. Right. I, don't, I don't want the system to be in place in perpetuity if it's not necessary. Yeah, yeah. I think we're on the same Yeah, yeah. I mean, you might be at the top of the page, I'm at the bottom of the page. <laughs> Important to get this on the record, as um, Vice Chair Genoway is saying, but for the purposes of phase one preliminary approval, 
it's not relative to um, part of Correct. this approval process. Or Fort Worth for methane, not until phase four. So one, two, and three Correct. will be excluded from that. So we can um, put that to record. Yeah. And for the, um, for the groundwater um, leaching, phase five and six are included. So one through four would not be part of the preliminary Correct. approval process. And some of the other um, items that we were talking about also were uh, PICO with that, um, with that uh, entrance coming mm -hmm. in there with wanting to um, purchase the PICO property where they have their substation right now. And um, for phase one, it doesn't seem like that's a great impact just because of uh, longer distance to travel to where the buildings are going to be located, but as far as traffic flow, not that significant. Um, I think we're all in agreement that that access uh, straight across from Sweet, um, on Sweetland Road to Renovant Boulevard cool. is crucial um, for the total phasing of this project. But um, So um, I asked uh, Mr. Kyle, who's here, over the last two years, there's probably been 40 into separate contacts with PICO trying to work this out, and we continue to do that. So um, I would... We would welcome, first of all, any um, influence that the township may have, because I think it, it makes the township better if there is a four-way intersection at Renaissance and Swedeland onto the site. So we welcome any help that you might be able to offer in terms of coordinating that effort. We're also willing to be completely transparent and CC you, copy you on any of our communications with PICO um, and keep you, in the, keep you in the loop on that. It could be very beneficial to have a joint meeting between the stakeholders with 411, the township entities, and PICO, have us all get into the room together, and maybe we can come to some sort of, um, we're, this impasse is it just is We're happy to accept as a condition to work with the township to try to accomplish that. Everybody agrees that would be a good thing. Is there anything in addition from the board? Mr. Campbell, you, the, the, the phasing plan seems to have that addition going on in phase three. I mean, obviously, that's the green, correct? Uh, yes. So that's it, assuming you're able to obtain that, those rights from PICO, that's, that would go in on phase three? Correct. Okay. But so you will work to try to, to, to arrange that with PICO prior to? Phase three. Uh, asking final phase Yeah, three. honestly, if I know that if my client could accomplish it, he would come back and amend the phasing plan to get it done at an earlier. It's that valuable through the efficiency of the site. And if you couldn't do it, you would then have an amended plan to remove that for phase three with the hopes maybe it would go in at a, at a yes. later phase? Yes, so there's, a, there's an existing driveway to the east on Swedland Road, and we have an easement over GSK property. So if we don't ever if we're not able to accomplish that, there is a second means of ingress possible to continue that loop road out. Um, but it just makes more sense to funnel most of the traffic over the controlled intersection that would be at, at Renaissance. Just need to clarify for my understanding, the, and I'm gonna get up in a second here, but the, the, uh, the space that would be maintained, would that be this strip? Yes. Only? And this strip, or just no, it's just that strip. There's nothing on this side. Correct. Thank you. Okay. I believe for us, as far as the board with reviewing everything, that some of this information didn't come to us probably in the timeliest manner for us to evaluate it. And I was, I was um, going to uh, 
see if you would be willing to possibly come to a future uh, a public meeting and maybe we could make decisions at that point rather than uh, making decisions this, this evening. We have a meeting coming up on the 18th, which is a week from now. Um, it's our comprehensive plan meeting, uh, which is a public meeting. So I wanted to um, have the discussion to see if your client would possibly be willing to uh, to come to that meeting, and then we could make a, a decision. Uh, do our answer um, um, yes. I'm happy to accommodate that request. My clients have to accommodate that request. Uh, it's critical that we have that done this month. So if you have an availability to hear us again on the 18th, we'd be happy to be here next Thursday. And that would be fine with your client? Yes. I uh, Mr. Confirm Hannaday, that. is it possible to be able to get that onto our agenda for that evening? Yes, we can amend that agenda. We've already advertised that meeting as both a comprehensive plan and any other all business before the board. So that's properly advertised. We will create that uh, agenda and put that out sooner than later. So, uh, and then notify everybody that, that this uh, development will be on that agenda. And we'll also give our solicitor time to uh, yeah. gather to get the documents that are necessary for the preliminary approval that just time-wise from last week until this evening, it, uh, there wasn't sufficient time for us to absorb That's the fine. new information. Yeah. And I'll work with Mr. Walko. We, we have a number of, uh, I think, conditions that, that in concept, particularly in, from this meeting and the workshop meeting, for example, the uh, not opening the, the emergency rear. access is open access. I'm sure that that would like to be a condition uh, based upon the feedback you've heard from the associations. So we would accept that and what we've heard that we're legally able to do as a township and as a landowner. I understand there are some proposals that are not really related to this project at all that we won't be able to address, but all the ones that we, we can, uh, we, we believe that I'm hearing they will, and uh, we'll work uh, language um, that I'm satisfied with, and I'll share that with the board prior to the meeting so we can see what those are. I'll work with Mr. Campbell for that. We did have residents that came forward at the workshop discussing that Renaissance Boulevard um, opening of a road that's been proposed to a Crooked Lane, and that's not a part of this discussion at all, that that is um, different property, different, different project, project completely, and not under the purview of this, um, of this development plan. Thank you. Did I have, I have one question. So Mr. Walco uh, asked, you know, one of the conditions was that large rectangular swath of land. But you guys own the lower left-hand corner, correct? Correct. There's an, there's an additional piece of property on the other side of Jones Road, which is really sort of uh, it's not attenuated to that property in the same way. So is there any plans at any point to develop that parcel? Um, I have no plans to submit to you, but it, it's never been contemplated as being part of the no-develop property. I can't imagine it would ever be developed as, um, as part of the life science campus because it's not zoned for that. And therefore, would your client have any interest in just preserving that as open space, as a condition? Uh, he has not offered that. Do you want to discuss it with him? Um, I, I will discuss with him. I think his, his inclination is not to preserve that as open space. Uh, is, is that the same? Is it the same parcel? Does Jones Road go through that parcel? I, I'm trying to track the. the it's on the other side of Jones Road. But is that part of the same parcel as the development, or is it? Is it associated with the same parcel number? Is, is it the, 
Correct. I'm trying to trace the, the parcel lines, and it gets a little uh, befuddled around Jones Road. So I, I, I had thought that it was the same parcel. No, it, it's by separate parcel on the other side of Jones Correct. Road. Correct. Was, It's the same parcel number. It's the same parcel number, but it is. So therefore, it's the same parcel. It's divided by road. There's some case law out there would say it's not, but so it's more the same of a split zone issue. It's not quite split zoning, but there's case law which which suggests if a road bisects a parcel, there are two lots. Okay. Far be it from me to say that the county screwed that one up. <laughs> And the board is being argued exactly the same opposite on other land development plan yeah. too. Yeah. Madam Chair, if I may, just really quickly. Um, while any resident certainly has the ability to come before the Board of Supervisors and make any point they want, just for clarity's sake, neither tonight nor next Thursday, the 18th, the Board of Supervisors will be discussing the opening of Renaissance Boulevard on our own, on our own initiative. Fair enough to say for everybody who might Fair be? Fair enough to say. Okay. Yes. Fair enough. Thank you. See you in a week. See you in a week. Thank you. Okay. Um, we should entertain a motion to continue this. I'll make a motion that this discussion be continued until uh, the um, date specific of January 18th. I'll second that motion. After the motion. <coughs> Is there a second? Oh, he did second. I apologize, I didn't hear. Okay, anything additional from the board before I turn this over to the, um, the public? Any comments from the public? Hearing and seeing none, we're in a position to take a vote on this matter. All in favor? Aye. Passes five to zero, thank you. The next item on the agenda is preliminary final land development plan for Spark Car Wash LLC 161 West DeKalb Pike. Consideration of a preliminary final land development plan for Spark Car Wash LLC 161 West DeKalb Pike prepared by Bowler Engineering dated April 4th, 2023. Last revised December 11th, 2023 as revised for the redevelopment of the 0.9 acre parcel into a two-story 3,166 square feet car wash and associated site improvements, including waivers as outlined in said resolution, resolution 2024-4. And this uh, zoning is commercial general. And I see someone coming to the floor to the podium. Please introduce yourself and Good the floor is yours. Good evening, Denise Yarnoff on behalf of the applicant Spark. This is an application that's been before you for quite some time since last spring, and we've discussed it a number of times. I'm happy to go through it as you would like, um, but generally speaking, you describe what it is, which is um, the redevelopment of an existing site for a car wash. Um, it will ultimately reduce the impervious coverage. It will add stormwater management. <clears throat> It's adding approximately 100 trees, approximately 300 shrubs, and other um, perennials and grass areas throughout the site. Um, it will ultimately remove some of the back paving area and turn that into um, landscaped area. Um, as I mentioned, we've been working on this for quite some time. This is the existing site, as you can see. And um, 
through the course of various discussions and meetings and review letters, we've been asked to make a number of changes, all of which we have made. We've obtained planning commission recommendation and also county planning commission recommendation. And we were before you last week at the workshop and talked through all the various issues. We also reduced the majority of the waivers um, that we had originally shown on the first plan. So as I said, I'm happy to answer any questions or and we have our team here if you have any other questions as well. Um, could you possibly mention some of the extra safety features that you've put in as far as the revisions that have developed along the way? Um, yeah, sure. I, I didn't want to do that unless you wanted me to go through all that. Um, so as I mentioned, we added a lot more landscaping as a result of conversations. We also added an ambulance turnaround area um, for ease of emergency vehicles. That was something requested by the fire marshal. Um, we removed one stacking lane from the car wash lanes to create just one stacking lane into the two lane stacking lane so that um, there would be less interference on site, internal circulation issues. We added additional curbing and landscaping to prevent vehicles in the rear of the property from backing into the car wash stacking lane. Um, we reduced the building size. We also reduced the building width and the reduced the building length, which allowed us to increase the drive aisle to allow for more room again internally on the site. Um, we increased the setback of the building and the first parking space from Route 202 again to allow more distance between everything and and Route 202. We added a striping line down the center of the of the drive aisle so that it's clear what's happening on either side. We, as I mentioned, reduced the length of the building, which increased the area um, of cars coming out of the building and then being able to dry before they are able to enter 202. In addition, as requested, we added radiant heat to the area as the cars exit the car wash and then as they exit from the driveway onto 202. To, to further improve any water issues. Um, we were requested to have someone on site to be available to salt if there are below freezing temperatures and concerns, and also to have salt and materials on site by the early fall so that it's they're prepared for anything that needs to happen. We were also asked to have someone on site who is trained to assist with any type of circulation internally on the site, which Obviously, we're doing all of those things. And we increased, or excuse me, we revised the radius of the driveway entrance from 202 to improve turning movements in and out of the site. We reduced the number of vacuum spaces from 17 to 15 spaces. Um, one big item that we were asked to consider was to close the median on Route 202 to stop left turns from 15202 into the site, or U-turns, um, which we have spoken to PennDOT as well as the cemetery who had used that median opening as well. And they both have agreed that that was something that could be done. So we're in process of obtaining those approvals from PennDOT. Um, and we, I think I mentioned this earlier, reduced the total number of waivers to just um, non-substantive type waivers. Thank you for listing that. Sure. And, and there is, I would say, also drainage gates in addition to the radiant floors uh, to provide additional drainage Yes, gates, thank you. Uh, to catch some of the water runoff. And the three parking spots on the other side of the drive aisle are conditioned to remain employee parking only, uh, and we'll have signage to indicate the same. For just the employees? For just yes. employees yes. On, on that side. That's right. Thank you. 
Council, just one quick question, and, and uh, I certainly appreciate the number of times you and your client have been before the Board of Supervisors. I know my fellow supervisors feel similarly. Uh, hypothetically speaking, should this plan receive approval in the next few minutes? Is this a 20, late 2024, 25 opening, ideally, or? Winter season next year. Oh, later this year, early next year. Yeah. Okay. We are positioned to take a motion on this item. I'll make the motion. Is there a second? Second. Okay. Are there any additional comments from the board? Anything from the public? Hearing and seeing none, we are positioned to take a vote on this. All in favor? Aye. Any opposed? Nay. This passes, moves forward four to one. Thank you. And I assume the requested waivers are part of that approval? Yes. Yes. Okay. Great. Thank you very much. Thank you. And thank you for your time and, and helping us get to the best plan. Thank you. Thanks you for your continued return visits yes. and working with us. And wish you much, much success. The next item on the agenda, item F, preliminary final land development plan, Lazy Dog Restaurants, LLC, 160 North Gulf Road, Suite 211, consideration of a preliminary final land development plan for Lazy Dog Restaurants, LLC, 160 North Gulf Road, Suite 211, prepared by Bowler Engineering, dated May, uh, May 24, 2023, last revised January 2, 2024, as revised for the proposed demolition of existing building and construction of a new 11,005 square feet restaurant and associated site improvements, including waivers as outlined in said resolution. Uh, the zoning is shopping center and resolution number 2024-5. We welcome someone to the podium. You'll Please be hearing from Jared Taylor, who's joining us via Zoom. Thank you. Good evening, my name is Jared Taylor. Thank you for hearing us here tonight. I believe we also have a representative from Bowler Engineering, our civil engineer in the audience as well, to answer any questions. And yeah, we've enjoyed working with the township and staff. Um, we look forward to bringing this new restaurant forward. Um, it's from our perspective, you know, a tenant improvement or remodel of an existing restaurant building would be best. But, you know, with restaurants, it's often the case after many, many years of use that it's just better to tear down and rebuild. And that is what we're proposing here to build a new full service sit down dine in restaurant with the sale of a full line of alcoholic beverages for on site consumption and the sale of food and beer for off site consumption at this location. There will also be an attached outdoor covered patio. Um, we are additionally proposing. Um, some slight site modifications, new landscaping to be in compliance with the code, as well as trees. And we are proposing new on-site stormwater detention in the parking lot as well, as well as removing uh, three parking stalls where there's uh, just a, not a good situation where you turn into this sub-parking lot currently, um, removing three parking stalls where there's a back out at the turn-in situation currently to make those landscaping. Another item which we have uh, discussed extensively is the requested crosswalk across the uh, roadway or drive aisle between the proposed Lazy Dog restaurant site and the main mall. 
We are absolutely in support of the installation of this crosswalk. The issue is, is we do not have the ability to install it as we are a lessee and our property owner does not have the rights to complete work in that street area. As a resolution and working with staff, we are proposing the payment of an approximately $34,000 in lieu fee for the money to be held for future crosswalk construction. Um, I, I don't know if it'd be appropriate for me to share the screen and share plans, or I'd be happy to answer any questions you may have. Anything additional from the engineer that you would like to add before we open up the floor to the supervisors? I can run through the, the changes. Jared hit most of them already. Um, some additional facts that we have. Uh, my colleague Matt was here last week to present um, the existing building is about 10,965 square feet. The new building would be 11,005, so a net increase of about 40 square feet. Um, like Jared mentioned, we are installing a stormwater basin on the site. Due to the existing grades, the, um, the proposed building sits too low for any of that area to get to the, the new basin. So we are proposing that basin upstream to capture a majority of the existing parking lot to meet the township's uh, stormwater regulations. And this has been vetted with the township engineer um, on multiple occasions and we're under the same agreement. Other than that, I think Jared hit most of it. So all of the letters from our consultants, our engineers, et cetera, everything has been um, vetted and approved then? And that is correct. Mr. Lash, can you address those issues? There are three waivers that are being requested that I'd like to run through quickly unless the, the applicant would like to, but I could, or sorry, four waivers that are being requested. Uh, first is to allow concurrent preliminary and final development review. Second, from providing existing property lines and other features on the plan. Third, from providing a traffic impact study. And fourth, from providing dedicated parkland. Could you repeat the second one, please? Of course. To allow concurrent, or sorry, from providing existing and proposed property lines and other features on the plan. Mr. Phillips and I were just talking, I think the parking lines issue was to not change the current lines as opposed to not provide them. Correct. Correct. I believe that was a partial waiver, Mr. Taylor. So I, I think we're talking about two separate things. Just really quick to go back to the second waiver that was regarding property lines. As I understand, the reason that we're not showing this is because this site is a part of a very large parcel that is the vast majority of the mall. And to survey and show all of that on our plan in association with our small area that we're doing the work would have just been, from our perspective, overburdensome. In regards to the parking itself, um, we did do due diligence with the county recorder and found the previously recorded approved site plan. And we're proposing to stay in really the same alignment, dimensions, and installation of the existing parking on site as previously approved, with the exception of the three parking stalls, which we're proposing to remove 
to replace with landscape to alleviate uh, potential congestion when turning into this site's parking lot. Does that answer the question? Correct. And as Mr. Taylor was noting, the mall parking is part of the entirety of the, the system. And so they're providing the snapshot of what portion of the mall parking is at uh, the potential future Lazy Dog site. Um, but they are not showing the, the entirety of the parking or the, the lines for that development. So can you go over that last waiver again? From providing existing and proposed property lines, other features on the plan. Oh, okay. Not related to the plans per se, but you are going to be before, or the, your client will be before the Board of Supervisors in the future for a liquor transfer license, I would assume? Correct. It, we will be, yeah. Okay. And I know that there's a lot of interest in the public about this plan, uh, just because I guess people have been to Lazy Dog elsewhere. And this would probably be, what, 2020, late 24, 25 opening? So yeah, our currently projected opening date is February 10th of 2025. One year from now. Okay. Any other discussion before we um, take a motion? I, I think we covered it last week. I'm not sure if we covered it tonight, but individuals can bring their dogs and sit on the patio, correct? Yes, absolutely. If they're well-behaved dogs. If they're well-behaved dogs. Correct, yes. Um, it is not doggy daycare by any means. Um, individuals, customers who do bring their dogs onto the outdoor patio will still be responsible for right. their own dogs. Um, and in compliance with health codes, the dogs would enter the patio from an external patio gate, not entering the restaurant unless they are a service dog. Um, and yeah, it, it really goes over really well with 48 existing locations around the country. This is the same lazy dog restaurant operation in its entirety. This is not a franchisee. Um, this is the same national operator who will operate here at your location with the same integrity, the same quality of food, service. It, it really, we really do really well everywhere we go. Uh, Lazy Dog Restaurant is a really fast growing brand. Um, we have a lot of property owners around the country really coming to Lazy Dog pushing for Lazy Dog to come to their centers. And, you know, with that, that kind of popularity that's come from the really positive public response, we have a lot of opportunities on where to go. And Upper Marion Township has really been at the top of our list for quite a while, and we really look forward to coming to your community. What kind of process is in place if there is an unruly owner with a dog? So we have a complete training manual for employees uh, serving guests with dogs. Um, so there, I mean, there's so many elements to this. For an unruly owner or an unruly dog, if there's biting, barking, or bad behavior, the three Bs, uh, the guest will be asked to leave with their dog. Their meal is oftentimes comped. This is not, we're not trying to give away free food, but we realize that we need to keep guests, the surrounding guests and their dogs comfortable and happy. Uh, same with Lazy Dog Restaurant is you're only a guest once. After that, you're family. And I, I think it really speaks to that. If you, if you, you know, talk to the other guests of other locations, look at the reviews, our return customers base is very strong. Um, and, and people really enjoy coming there and for Lazy Dog to provide that safe environment is important for people to be able to feel comfortable 
bring in their family and their dogs. You don't have to have a dog to come to Lazy Dog Restaurant. <laughs> so you can sit out in that patio area if you just enjoy being around dogs as well. It, absolutely, I've, I've sat at multiple Lazy Dog Restaurants with my family, without our dog, um, actually multiple times with our dog as well. You know, if, if you're a dog lover and, and you want to be able to see other dogs, you're welcome to. Anybody can sit on the patio. Any other comments before we make a motion? May I entertain a motion to approve the preliminary final development plan for Lazy Dog? So moved. I'll second. Any additional discussion from the board? Any discussion from the public? Seeing and hearing none, we're in position to take a vote. Motion made by uh, Supervisor Phillips, seconded by Supervisor Kenny. All in favor? Aye. Aye. Passes five to zero. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. And will the Board of Supervisors be invited to a soft opening? <laughs> yes, absolutely. We do have a soft opening that is currently scheduled for yes. February 9th, uh, 2025. Yes. There will be an invitation. We'll join you at your table with your dog. <laughs> You'll be outside. You. If the weather's conducive, we'll join you. <laughs> dog biscuits. There you go. <laughs> I'll bring the water. For, for lazy, oh, I apologize. For the one coming up, okay. It's just preliminary. Okay. Uh, the next item on the agenda, item G, preliminary land development plan, Malvern Anderson LP on Rydal Road, consideration of a preliminary land development plan for Malvern Anderson LP on Rydal Road prepared by Landcore Engineering Consultants PC, dated June 27, 2022, last revised December 21, 2023, as revised for the subdivision of the 18.95 acre parcel into 24 parcels and common open space for the construction of 24 detached single family homes and associated site improvements, including waivers, as outlined in said resolution. The zoning is R2, residential uh, R2, and the resolution is 2024-6. And I see someone at the podium. Please yes, introduce good yourself, and the floor is yours. Thank you very much. Uh, my name is Eric Wirt, here on behalf of the applicant. Uh, um, last week, my partner, Eric Fry, was here. Uh, unfortunately, he wasn't able to join us this evening, so he asked me to join um, with me tonight are Ted Cochin from the developer Gambone and Rolf Graf from Landcore, the civil engineer for the project. I'm just simply going to turn over the uh, uh, microphone to Rolf so that he can walk us through the plan very briefly and then discuss the waivers requested. Thank you. Uh, good evening, everybody. Uh, again, Rolf Graf from Landcore Engineering. I'm a, a civil engineer with them, a senior manager. Um, I'm here tonight to discuss in a little bit more detail um, the, the Malvern Anderson Road LP project. As already described, the site is approximately 19 acres. We're redeveloping what used to be an old swim club that's been abandoned for years into single family homes, 24 single family new lots. So out of those 19 acres, approximately nine acres is going to the redevelopment into single family lots and the 10 acres is being preserved as open space. Um, some of that open space will be natural. Some of it will have stormwater facilities in it. Um, there's an existing sanitary uh, easement within it. So um, 
but, but there is no open space requirement for this development in the R2 district. We're simply providing it um, because of some of the site constraints and because of our maximum density being the 24 units. Um, the site is serviced by public sewer, public water. We've been working with your staff since June of 2022. Um, we do have favorable uh, recommendation letters for preliminary plan approval. We are here for a conditional preliminary plan approval, not final plan approval. So we do still have a couple items to address to get it to final. Um, but in addition to the plan, there are four waivers that we are requesting. Um, the first one is from section 145-10E, which deals with the maximum radius of, of curvature or the horizontal curvature for the roadways. And what it boils down to is we're asking to reduce that minimum center line radius from 200 feet to 150 feet. Um, we're asking the board to consider that these are private streets. Um, you have accepted private streets in the municipality with much less radii. The 150-foot radius is more than suitable for residential development. This plan has been reviewed by your fire marshal. So we have actually taken a fire truck, run it through the development to make sure everything works. It does, and it's been done to the satisfaction of the fire marshal, so he has no concerns with respect to the reduced radii for the center line of the roads. The second one deals with driveways. Uh, it is section 145-24D, and that is a minimum separation distance between driveways and intersections. Um, if you'll recall, your ordinance requires 60 feet. We have one lot, it is lot number one. It's the first lot on the right-hand side where that driveway is approximately 40 feet from the intersection. That's being done to keep the driveway on the high side, which makes grading of that unit much uh, easier, um, which is important because it's a relatively steep property. We've agreed to sign the portion between that driveway and the intersection for no parking so that there would never be any parking there to create an obstruction. So um, that is the only lot where that would be an issue. The third waiver is from section 145-241C, um, which is for replacement trees. Um, as described, this site used to be a swim club. It's been abandoned, so there's a lot of small vegetation out there. Because of that, there's a large number of trees which really inflated our tree replacement number. We've been working with the board on what's appropriate. We've removed one of the building lots in response to that, and we're offering a fee in lieu of um, that is quite significant. Um, so we would hope that the board is in support of that waiver. The last one is 145-27A, uh, which is just a uh, plan scale issue. So you have a requirement that the plans not be drawn at a scale less than one inch equals 50 feet. We have a couple plans, for example, the one that's up right now. In order to show the property in its entirety, we've had to go to a 60 scale, so it's slightly smaller. All of the design drawings, though, are at the appropriate 50 scale or bigger so that everything is legible and everything is clear. So those are the four waivers that we're requesting. Um, there are no zoning issues. We have a recommendation from the Planning Commission. Um, again, we've been working with staff over the past year and a half. So we're here to answer any additional questions you may have. Otherwise, uh, we're looking forward to a conditional preliminary plan approval so we can move forward. Uh, yes, thank you for that capsulized version. Very good. With regard to the lot across from number one. 
Yes. This is where you did some redesign of that lot. You took the, the property itself, took the house off of that lot, but you did some amenity work there. Could you just capture that for everybody as to what that actually what actually is going to be done on that lot now? Well, initially we, we looked at actually putting some amenities in there like a gazebo and things like that, but ultimately it was decided that the, the, the lot should be left vacant. Um, with the exception of the perimeter sidewalk that's going to be along the street, and then there's significant vegetation that's going in there. So there's going to be some buffering along the existing or the proposed homes, um, along with some supplemental uh, landscaping within that park. And I think the sense was that let's let the community live with the park a little bit and see if they want to actually put some features in there. Um, right now, it's just a very nice open space at the entrance to the development. That's what I just wanted to yep. be uh, defined for everybody. Thank you. I believe uh, Supervisor Wax has some comments or questions. Uh, thank you, Madam Chair. So let's talk a little bit more about features. Uh, at the workshop meeting, I had talked about the fact that in the future, the landfill which is adjacent to this parcel probably will not be a landfill forever. Um, and that I thought that there was a very, very good chance that there could be a trail on the parcel that is adjacent to your property or to, to, to the proposal. Um, I'd asked um, you if you were willing to go to Park and Rec to discuss whether or not there was any way to possibly connect this parcel, the proposed development, to the parcel which could be re redeveloped in the future um, to allow residents who will be moving into this uh, parcel that you're redeveloping in the future to be able to access whatever features might go in the, in the eventual former uh, landfill to enjoy whatever might be there, a trail or what have you. Um, did you go to Park and Rec to discuss that possibility? No, we did not. Um, and, and in fact, I thought what we had discussed last week was trying to provide a trail. We, we discussed like there's some storm sewer easements between these lots, but they're walkout basements. So the slope in between is very steep and not really conducive towards the installation of a new trail. And then we started to discuss the existing sanitary sewer easement that runs through the property. And that's actually at a fairly decent grade and it's kept clear by the sewer authority. So I thought what we had agreed to was that that sewer easement was really gonna become our trail, our de facto trail, if you will, um, because it is a preserved level area that has no vegetation on it and is easily accessible. And it gives you access around the entire perimeter of that open space. And we can certainly expand that and then create, I mean, it's open space. So you can, you can walk through any part of that open space that you want to. Um, the grades, I think, prohibit any kind of a formalized trail, a macadam trail, things like that. It's not conducive to that. So that's where I thought we landed was on that sanitary sewer easement and using that for that rear access. We definitely landed on the sanitary sewer easement, but I'm, I'm pretty positive that I mentioned reaching out to Park and Rec to have this more formally discussed to see what and where it could actually be attached to the, the current landfill and whatever might be there in the future. Um, but it sounds like that was not fulfilled. Um, 
Yeah, I, and I, I apologize. I did not get that message from our meeting last week, and it's something we could certainly do uh, between preliminary and final. Okay. There's still that window of opportunity where we can appear. If that's the consensus of the board, we will certainly go to your park and rec and see if there is okay. a, a trail or a connection that they'd be interested in making. Okay. Another thing uh, I wanted to have uh, put into record is this 24 single family home development will be under an HOA, correct? That's correct. And uh, the road will not be dedicated to the township, that that will be part of the HOA uh, associations. That is also correct. Okay, I just wanted to put that into record. Yes, it'll be a private street owned and maintained by the HOA, okay. along with the open space and the stormwater management facilities. Uh, we're in a position to uh, make a motion to approve a preliminary, preliminary conditional uh, land development plan. Uh, will someone make a motion? So moved. Uh, second. Okay. Um, any additional conversation, discussion from the board, or any additional questions? Anything from the public? Hearing and seeing none, we're in a position to take a vote on this matter. All in favor? Any opposed? I'm opposed. Passes four to one for the preliminary conditional plan. Thank you very much, everybody. The next item on the agenda is additional business. And uh, I don't know if anyone on the board has any additional business. Are we missing something? If, if I may, um, uh, the uh, the Finance director has requested that the board move the uh, warrant list to the uh, January 18th meeting. So that's why we advertise that meeting as a public business meeting as well. Yeah. It, it did, with with the, the issues of the, we would ask the uh, week deferral. Yeah. Okay. Yes, we will pay our bills and we will handle that yes. business next week. Yes. And if I can add to that, you know. Uh, uh, Chair uh, Garzillo and I did speak about there are certain bills that have to get paid uh, sooner than later, and the, the township and this, the board in years past has passed a resolution to allow certain bills to be paid outside the warrant list. They are shown on the warrant list, but insurance, payroll, et cetera, they're, they're, they're stuff that is automatic that we have to pay. So they're paid initially, and then they're um, um, ratified on the, the voucher or the warrant list. Thank you. Any additional business? Supervisor Wax. Thank you, Madam Chair. I've got two matters for additional business. Um, first, I just want to remind people that the Board of Community Assistance application period is now open. Uh, the grant application period uh, is open until April 1 for organizations which provide services to Upper Marion Township residents. And the scholarship application period is also open until April 1. However, if a high school junior or senior who resides in Upper Marion Township gets their application in by March 11. The BCA will get back the application to you with its comments so as to how you can improve your application by the BCA's final April 1 deadline. Secondly, I, I want to talk for a second about um, a few things that we've heard over the last, really actually over the last few years about 
the King of Prussia Mall and the King of Prussia Mall not doing well and, and malls are dying and so on and so forth. And um, going back to my days before I was a member of the Board of Supervisors, back when I was a member of a citizen board, uh, the Economic and Community Development Committee, uh, in the early uh, to mid-2000s, there was a meeting with the Economic and Community Development Committee uh, and the management of the King of Prussia Mall. And the one thing they told us back then is that what differentiates the King of Prussia Mall from other malls you might see is at malls people go to shop, but what separates the King of Prussia Mall is it's more of a shopping experience. And that while other malls in the area, in the region might struggle, the King of Prussia Mall is built for longer term success. What you've seen over the last few weeks, last few months actually, is tonight with Lazy Dog, with Netflix, with Italy, and as you may or may not have heard, there's a Chinese restaurant that is set to go into the outback and open in a few months. What you've seen is the King of Prussia Mall adapting, surviving, and actually thriving. Um, so anybody who's worried about the future of the King of Prussia Mall, I, I don't think that the King of Prussia Mall is going anywhere anytime soon, and that is obviously very good for the township. But I think a lot of people also don't realize that it's even better for the Upper Marion Area School District because for all the revenue, especially the real estate tax revenue that we receive from the King of Prussia Mall, the Upper Marion Area School District actually gets eight times as much because 80% uh, of the real estate taxes in Upper Marion that are collected in Upper Marion Township actually go to the Upper Marion Area School District. Thank you, Madam Chair. Anyone else with additional business? Anything from the public? Hearing and seeing none, we're in a position to adjourn. Motion to adjourn. All in favor? Aye. Aye. Meeting is adjourned. Thank you.